you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked On Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And yes, I am excited to say we are back to the five-day-a-week format with less than one month to go before Missouri kicks off against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And obviously the big news since we last spoke was Missouri chose not to practice on Friday in sort of the wake of the controversial, to say the least, shooting that ended up with the death, police shooting and ended up with the death of a of a man in the Milwaukee area. Certainly, I'm not breaking any news to any of you on that particular topic, and I'm not, certainly not going to get into the specifics of that story. Not the space, and frankly, don't have the time to get into all the details anyway, but I do have some thoughts about just the debate going on in terms of how political sports has been getting lately, and whether that's a good thing, a bad thing, or just part of natural order. And I also want to talk a little bit about some exciting hype coming out of Denver involving former Mizzou tight end Albert Okwebunam. And hey, did you did you take him in your dynasty fantasy football draft this weekend? Did you? Well, maybe you did. I have no idea, but <laughs> little little nerdy inside fantasy football talk there for you, really quick, but. You know what? Let's just get to some quick Mizzou news and notes and just notes from, frankly, across the college football landscape. And believe it or not, this coming Saturday, we've got God's Honest FBS football. Middle Tennessee and Army are playing. There's a couple more games, too. Also, Monday, BYU and Navy. They're playing a week from today. And that, by the way, that got me thinking, what becomes of the BYU game? We were supposed to play in Provo this year. You know, that was the return game from the famous 2015 protest week, that game that Missouri ended up winning with Drew Locke at quarterback as a true freshman. I'm already starting to wonder if that game could eventually become like the Utah basketball game where they owe us the Utes. Yes, the Utes. I'm talking to you right now, Rick Majerus up in heaven. Get your butt down here and get your Utes in gear because you guys owe us a game and it seems like they're never going to pay it off. But I wonder if that could it could be several, several, several years before we get BYU back on the schedule. I really wonder if that game ever even happens. Who the heck knows? A few Missouri recruits actually did take the field this past Friday playing some high school football too. And well, to me, the biggest notable there was Ryan Horstcamp is a tight end getting... His tires kicked a little bit by Alabama. Speaking of the Crimson Tide, our opening week opponent. Horsecamp, a really impressive tight end from what I've seen. A very physical player. Good hands. Like him a lot on offense. But I tell you what, and I did a breakdown of his film on a previous episode of this show. You can find that in the archives. But, you know, I was really impressed with him as a defensive end, too. I think he could maybe play some defense on this team. I don't know if tight end is necessarily going to be his final position. It sounds like that's what he prefers to play, and I imagine Eli will probably let him try that out. But if for whatever reason, if maybe suddenly Missouri has some good depth at tight end, I think that kid can play end. I really do. And in week one, 
Guess what? He intercepted a pass and took it 40 yards into the end zone while also hauling in a 38-yard pass on the other side of the ball. So Ryan Horstkamp, a kid I'm really excited about. I believe he's from Washington, Missouri. That's off the top of my head. Forgive me if I mess that up, but I'm really excited to see what he has to do. Assuming, of course, he ends up in Columbia. You never know. That tide that tide can roll, and it just might pull him into Tuscaloosa. But for now, it seems like he's going to be a Tiger. And speaking of recruiting, on the basketball side, some somewhat bad news. Tamar Bates, out of the Kansas City area, chose Texas over Missouri, among others. And frankly, Bates was a guy that I was hoping that Missouri could reel in. You can always use good shooters, and he certainly fits the bill there from what I've heard. And it sounded like he was somebody we had a chance with, but for whatever reason, the last few weeks, the momentum had seemed to be going in Texas's way. And by golly, old Chaka Smart reeled in Tamar Bates. And, well, it's a bit of a loss for the Tigers, I'm not going to lie. He was one of the more realistic guys out there that I thought was not only one of the most realistic guys for Conzo to get, but one of the better players in this class still available. And you know what? Getting back to football for just a second, as all of you probably have been, I've been reading the positional previews and breakdowns on the Mizzou beat. And, you know, one thing that I got to thinking today was special teams. And who is the last guy that was actually a good kick returner for Missouri? And gosh, it has to be Marcus Murphy, right? And that that was six years ago now. It's just wildly disappointing to me that in the entire Barry Odom era, we were never unable to unearth a decent return game whatsoever. How is that possible? Is it just something that wasn't emphasized? It just seems like any SEC program should be able to come up with one guy, especially on kickoffs, because catching a kickoff is not that difficult. Catching punts, that's another matter. But you can't tell me there isn't one guy on the roster who can break a few tackles, maybe make a few guys miss, at least get a kickoff return out to the 45 every once in a while. I'm not saying we have to get Jeremy Macklin every single year, but my goodness, our return game the last few years has been absolutely pitiful. And that'll be something to watch this year and frankly every year. Can we get somebody back there who has a chance to be a difference maker? I certainly hope so. But I did want to tell you something about something that will be a definite difference maker in your life, and that is the all-new Built Bar. Yes, that's right. If you liked Built Bar before, well, it's even more delicious than ever, quite frankly, with their six new, fra- their six new flavors, including cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh, the list just goes on and on. In addition to their 12 original flavors that are still there. So if you loved Built Bar before, you're going to love it even more now because it's great for the health-conscious individual, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-cal, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and a nice little cheat for the old keto diet, let's be honest. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Well, I'd like to think that that was a nice and tight first segment. 
but not as tight as those pants that Quinn Snyder was wearing the other night. Good Lord, did you see those things? Were those yoga pants? Quinn was showing some ankle, too, not wearing the socks. Wow, very fashion-forward. People are getting a little bit stir-crazy down in Disney World at this point, quite clearly. But moving on to, eh, arguably more important news... The Auburn Tigers actually shut down practice basically all of last week, or most of last week anyway, with 16 players out because of the coronavirus. Too many positive tests. I guess some of them, maybe not all of those guys tested positive. I would have to check this out. I think maybe some were just sort of traced to a party that that may have been thought of as an outbreak. But regardless, the point is as well, That's a major program that had to shut it down for a week. So obviously, that's something to keep an eye on. But kind of fascinating to me. I have to, I'll I'll make a confession to all of you right now because I trust you, my valued listeners, to not judge me. Because, well, I went down to the Lake of the Ozarks a couple weekends ago. And yes, I went to Backwater Jacks, a big, big, one of those big outdoor bars, the pool, the whole deal. And, I got to say, people down there doesn't seem like they even know that the virus is happening. Not a lot of mask wearing, not a lot of social distancing, any of that good stuff. And it occurred to me if this is what's been ha- if this is what's happening in August and we had the whole freak out from Memorial Day originally at the Lake of the Ozarks, well, it must have been like this every weekend all summer. So, if that's the case, I just have a simple question. Why are the Lake of the Ozarks hospitals seemingly not overwhelmed? That's it. That's my question. And with that, we'll move on to some more sports directly, sports-related matters. For instance, well, oh no, this has COVID ramifications too. Because Jamar Chase, probably the best receiver in the country, if you believe the NFL scouts, LSU receiver Jamar Chase has decided to opt out of this season. And, well, it isn't totally clear to me if that's for health reasons or he's just decided, you know what, the heck with it. I'd just rather would preserve my draft stock. But there was also a Memphis running back who's opted out. So far, no Missouri players have opted out. But you know what? There's still like three weeks, three, four weeks to go till the season. So, hey, anything's possible. And speaking of anything's possible, well, I'm going to find out tomorrow with my folks what seats we'll be getting for the 2020 season, how many games we'll get to go to. Frankly, if any, I don't know what's going to happen. I assume we'll get to go to some number of games, but hey, your guess is as good as mine. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, but I'll certainly report on what that process looked like. And so, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to give you a little bit of inside information on the whole ticket process on tomorrow's show. And finally, before I hit our final break here, Albert Okuebunam got a really nice endorsement from one of his teammates. In fact, one of his tight end mates in the tight end room, Mr. Nick Vanette, who amusingly, according to pro football reference, his nickname is Baby Gronk. Wow, that's the first time hearing of that, but you gotta love the nicknames, purported nicknames that you see for people online that no one has literally ever said, ever. But regardless, Nick Vanette, now in his fifth season in the NFL, talking about Albert O, said, quote, I don't know where to start. 
I think he's the real monster. He's just so physically gifted. I think the thing with him is he's kind of raw right now, but I don't say that in a bad way. I say that like if he keeps building on it and keeps figuring it out, he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. Just how fast he is, how built he is, I really do believe if he can figure it out, he's going to be a scary dude in this league for years to come. I really do believe that. And well, Vic Fangio, as he's wont to do, we remember him throwing cold water on Drew Locke last season, right? Well, Vic Fangio, the Broncos coach, said, Albert's done well. Obviously, he's got some good receiving abilities. We have to find out what kind of blocker he is. A big part of being a competent blocker is a a mentality to want to block. So there you go. Uh, Frankly, you guys, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I actually wasn't the biggest fan of Albert O's NFL prospects, but I am very much happy to be wrong. Hopefully, uh, really the biggest thing with Albert O is just his ability to stay healthy. Now, I also questioned his kind of quickness getting in and out of breaks at times. Well, maybe that was health as well last season. But honestly, the straight line speed is obvious. Like Nick Vanette said, the physical skills, the body, just the size, everything. Who knows? Like, like he says, if he figures it out, he could be a monster. You never know. But with that said, I've got some thoughts about politics and sports. And perhaps who are, asking ourselves, who are we trying to appeal to? Coming right up. All right, so I'm going to make an analogy that may initially seem like it's out of left field. But just stick with me here for a second. Now, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that at some point in your life, especially based on my demo, right, mostly guys in their 20s, 30s, 40s, that kind of deal. Obviously, we got some women in here too. We got some older folks, all kinds of people. But regardless of any of that, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that at some point in your life, you watched professional wrestling for some period of time. But it's also probably true that you don't watch it today. And here's how I know this. It's called numbers. Because back in the day, back in the 90s, when I got hooked on the sport, yes, I said sport, of professional wrestling, our great sport of professional wrestling, well, frankly, there was millions and millions of people who didn't watch who then got hooked in to that period. Now, we can go into reasons of why that is. But the point is, there's always going to be the wrestling fan, the hardcore wrestling fan that just loves wrestling, that is always going to be with that product. But when the business really takes off, it's when you get the casuals. Now, Missouri football is very similar. And so is basically every team out there. Remember 2007, that football team? I'll never forget seeing people wearing Mizzou merchandise that I had known my entire lives that had never worn any black and gold. And yet here they are hopping on the bandwagon. Now me, as a lifelong fan, I could have resented that and been like, where were you 15 years ago? But fortunately, I was old enough at the time to realize that, no, this is great for Mizzou. We need these people. In fact, Fantastic. There's 20,000 more people coming, 20, 25,000 people than used to come through the doors every week, and people are excited and watching. No, this is all great for my favorite team. You want the casuals, okay? Isn't that obvious? Now, also back in 2007, when all these 
seemingly new Mizzou fans had emerged out of nowhere. Not only was I not upset about it, the last thing I was thinking about was, gee, I wonder if these new Mizzou fans agree with everything I think politically. And the thing is, as sports in 2020 has become more and more sort of politicized, for better or for worse, the reality is is there's a bunch of people who are thinking that, oh, well, if, say, painting Black Lives Matter, for instance, if painting that on the NBA court down in the bubble, well, if that happens to turn off a few you know, hyper-politicized people on the right, well, then so be it. We don't need them that much. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it because you're not actually, yeah, you may turn off some of those people. And frankly, that particular demographic, I'm not sure they were really watching the NBA anyway. I think the real danger is, is you risk turning off the people who aren't that political. Because I think that's something that a lot of people are really into politics sometimes forget is that most people aren't really into politics. In fact, they actually despise politics, most people, because it's all just conflict, and it's all a never-ending conflict. It seems like your Republican friends and your Democrat friends, for the most part, even if they get along, whatever differences they have politically, the reason they probably still get along is because they don't talk about it, quite honestly. So this idea that the leagues themselves, and that's really what I'm getting at, because I don't think there's always going to be guys who have their opinions. And, you know, there's always been examples of guys, of course, like John Carlos and and Tommy Smith, famously in the 1968 Olympics, you know, raising the fist in the air. Well, that was a moment of individual expression. It wasn't the entire Olympic Games or the entire NBA or something making its own political statement. And to some people, they're going to say, well, Black Lives Matter isn't a political statement. Well, on some, on some level, that's true. It's, as a statement, it's just a statement. It's not about policy. But the reality is there's an organization called Black Lives Matter. They have a website, and they have an agenda. And you can see that agenda, and you can agree with it or disagree with it, quite strongly in some cases. But again, the reality is, is most people aren't even going to look that deeply into it. They just simply want to watch basketball or they want to watch college football or whatever it might be. They don't want to be beat over the head with this stuff. They don't want to hear the conflict. They just want entertainment. And here's the reality. Speaking of the year 2020, well, there is, I can confidently say there has never been a year where we've had more entertainment options with Netflix and video games and YouTube and everything and podcasts that you're listening to right now. Everything you can possibly imagine is now on demand and at your fingertips. So guess what? Sports aren't as essential as maybe they used to be. Now they are to me. Again, I'm the diehard sports fan. I'm the diehard Mizzou fan. There's almost nothing you can do to scare me off. There really isn't. I'm going to be back regardless. But those casuals, and there's a lot of them, it's the show-me state, right? Well, show me some winning football. Show me some entertaining football. A lot of people are saying, don't show me politics. That's not why I'm here. You know, I, if, if I wanted politics, I can turn on MSNBC or Fox or, or whatever I want to turn on or the thousands of political podcasts that are out there or any of that stuff. 
I just think we got to be really careful. And here, here's a bit of an economic lesson for you. You guys know I'm a day trader if you've listened to this for a long time. That's my day job, right? Well, here's something I've learned. Again, entertainment. We've got tons of options, right? Well, the freer the market is, the more opportunities there are for people to make new things, to do stuff freely, like there is in, frankly, entertainment right now. What's really stopping anybody from starting their own show or podcast, whatever it might be? Almost nothing, really. So in that environment, it's really not the content creators that are in charge, or the players, for that for that matter. And it's also not the owners of the teams, or the NCAA administrators, or the presidents of the universities, or the athletic department. No, none of those people are in charge. It's the consumers. It's the fans. Those are the people who are really in charge. Because guess what? If the fans disappear in some large, significant way, well, that's going to be... That's going to hurt your sport big time. I mean, that's an obvious statement, but it seems like people have forgotten this. It seems like the debate, for instance, with college football, it's understandable that some of these guys think, gosh, there's a lot of money shifting around here. Eli Drinkwitz gets paid $4 million a year. Jim Sturt gets a big old contract, I'm sure. All these people are making lots of money. Hey, where's my cut? That's understandable, but don't forget, this isn't, just about the players versus the administration. Don't just assume that the fans are going to be there forever because we've seen that's not true. We've seen over time, frankly, baseball was America's pastime and it's now become much more of a a niche sport. What about boxing? What about horse racing? Those were the next two big sports and they've all diminished entirely. So I'm just saying... Don't take the future for granted just because the past has always been really successful. Because, again, my goodness, with the amount of freedom and options that people have to turn you off and, frankly, turn on something else, just be really careful. That's all I'll say. Because it doesn't really matter what your views are because somebody's going to disagree with them, and that's going to create conflict. And, frankly, that kind of conflict just turns a lot of people off. And it's not necessarily the political extremists that you're thinking. Again, it's the apolitical people. It's the people who just want to be left alone, quite frankly. And you know what? I don't totally blame them. And I actually am a political guy. So, you know what? I kind of see both sides of the argument. The reality is, again, it's back to the consumers. It doesn't really matter what I think politically. It doesn't really matter what you think politically. Because if enough people in large enough numbers start turning off your product, well, that's going to have a huge effect on the bottom line. And bottom line, guess what? College football is a business, whether you like it or not. So, with all that being said, thank you for putting up with yet another political rant from me. Good news is we kept it to the last segment, didn't we? So, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully we'll have a practice to talk about, maybe a little media access tomorrow, right here. Unlocked on Mizzou.